What's up, friends? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Chase Daniels, and this is another episode of Cut to the Chase. Today's episode was recorded outside of the green room, aka our studio back in Lemonster, so it was an interesting time. The interview was a blast to record since it was right after I got back from my first time at a gun range, and honestly, I've never shot a gun before, so it was quite the interesting experience for me. And one of the people that was there at the range with me said that they would come on after we were there and talk a little bit about our experience during the day as well as give a little bit of information on guns and the various topics that surround them. And lastly, we ended the show with a nice, simple conversation about The Office, which is one of my favorite TV shows, and I know it's a TV show that a lot of you guys like as well. So, without further ado, please welcome Aaron Shepard. All right, Aaron, well, uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, we just had quite the crazy day at least from my experience yeah it's a big day for you yes it was a big day for me but before we get into that um let's just kind of go over a little bit of your background right so you went to college yep Yep. I went to uh Framingham State awesome and how was that it was really good met a lot of great people there a lot of friendships man yeah a lot of memories yeah did you um I think I heard some did you go to a college before Framingham State I did I went to um Plymouth State my freshman year one of my good friends went to Plymouth State and he told me it was kind of uh wild it's wild yeah yeah like as a freshman he was going there and um he was sending me like snapchats like my freshman year like the first like two weeks like I did nothing like I didn't go to any parties or anything right and it's he's, like a different world up yeah there. he's like sending me like snapchats of like these people and they're like out on water and like doing weird things and mm-hmm. I mean not weird things but they're all like partying and I'm like dude like I'm a freshman like I haven't I'm not doing anything and like you're already partying it's like your first week as a freshman like how did you even meet all these people like what I know you go in there so like innocent and ripe and you're like what is even going on I remember like my first week there um people were pounding on my door (laughs) in the middle of the night and it was these guys that used to live in our dorm room and then like at you know in the middle of the night like we used to live here like outside yeah like can we come in and we're like no (laughs) so what what was the what made you switch over to Framingham from Plymouth? Well, one big thing was going to school out of state is it's a lot of money. Yeah. And I, when I was first going to college, I was like, I have to go out of state. I want to get out of mass. I want to get away from everything. And then I just, I didn't feel like it was worth it. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a friend who was going to Framingham at the time. And she was raving to me about their... Um, their art department because when I was going to college I had like no idea what I wanted to do and I I went undecided yeah and um so I I I just felt like I didn't have any direction yet and then um so I was just kind of taking gen ed classes and um, I always loved like art and design and uh, when I was just taking gen eds I was like miserable I was like (laughs) I miss like making things and like I I have to create and I just wasn't happy with what I was doing and so I went there and I took a tour and um, I just, I loved it. So I decided to transfer and it would save me money. And it was just, it was just a better fit. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. definitely I can understand like taking gen ed classes and you're just like, what am I actually doing? Yeah. It, there's a lot of pressure on people though when they go into college. It's like, especially when you come out of high school, you're like, okay, well now it's the big thing. Like I'm going to college and like, I need to have something that I'm going in for. But honestly, there's so many people that don't realize you 
go to college and there's a lot of people that would change their majors multiple times like yeah i've had friends that went in undeclared and then found their passion or one of my best friends went in and was um a sport management major like me and then switched over to criminal justice like end of sophomore year and he loves it and he's trying to become a cop now so but i feel like there's definitely a lot of pressure on you when you first go and you just kind of need to like honestly it's better to take it slow because you want to find something you're passionate about to like you know grow into instead of forcing yourself through college and something and then four years later you have a degree and you're like why the fuck am I even doing this anymore yeah and and the path isn't always straight it's not always go to the same you know go to this college stay there for four years graduate get the job that you exactly um in the major that you had declared your freshman year mm-hmm. and um yeah so so you studied what exactly I studied um when I first transferred to Framingham I didn't know I knew I wanted to be in their studio art program but I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do and I ended up um, my junior year um, declaring a concentration in graphic design neat yeah so before that did you have like you said you were going through the gen and you felt like you kind of had to like you felt like you wanted to like create more yeah so did you like kind of have like an idea going into it like you kind of had that like in the back of your mind you're like this is something I want to do before you completely committed to it you mean transferring? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Transferring or like becoming, like committing to graphic design. Yeah. Um, by the time I declared graphic design, like as my concentration, I was very sure Yeah. of the, of that being what I wanted to do. Were you doing anything before that? Like were you did any taking any sort of electives or what really led you to that? You know what I mean? I, uh, well, when I first started, I just took, like, drawing and, like, painting, like, fundamentals, and then I took um, this class called uh, Digital Tools for Art and Design, and you learn, like, Photoshop and InDesign and um, all these design programs, and I just, I thought it was so cool, and, like, Mm -hmm. I loved the professor, and she taught me so much, and just after working with those programs and um, just learning how to use them and, like, how much you can create with them, it just, like, opened up, like, a whole new world for me. That's awesome. um, Yeah, I was just, I was hooked. Yeah, so like we said earlier today, we kind of had a a fun time. We went to a a gun range, and it was the first time I've ever shot guns in my life, which was honestly an interesting experience. And I feel like it's definitely an interesting experience for anybody. Totally. It was like, I was like nervous, but I was also excited. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I kind of needed to feel like I needed to shoot a gun safely um before I could move on and do anything else but like you were definitely like seemed like more of a pro out there than (laughs) me and we're like the same age so it's that's wild but when did you first kind of get into like shooting uh the first time I went to the range I was 21 Mm -hmm. I was um about to finish college and um I already had my LTC because um the person who got me into shooting was actually my mom. <laughs> um, my whole like childhood and, you know, even like when I was a teenager, she's always like, um, you know, overprotective mom. Yeah. But um, I feel really lucky, too, because she really raised me to um, really like be independent and, you know. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's better to be that way than you know, be clung on to somebody and be yeah. like, I need your help through everything. Yeah. And she, she's all about, you know, independence and, um, you know, you need to be able to defend yourself. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm five two, like I'm, <laughs> I'm a little woman and, um, you know, there's a lot of, 
you know scary people out there the world is really dangerous i can only imagine what it's like having a kid and then growing up and being like all right well obviously you need to grow up but like you need to keep yourself safe you know what i mean there's definitely a lot of anxiety going on with that yeah for sure and she was um my mom was very like you are responsible for your own safety like you have to be in control as much as you can and Mm -hmm. um as soon as you're 21 we're gonna get you your ltc and so um when i was um when I was 21, she... Was it, like, your birthday? <laughs> was it, like, literally, did she do it, like, right on your birthday? No, I was really surprised that she didn't. But she, <laughs> my mom has, like, all of these connections. She knows a lot of people, and she has a friend who is a firearms instructor. So she mm-hmm. literally, like, arranged my my LTC class. It's like, and, happy like, birthday, yeah, let's go. <laughs> she got my brother and like even some of her friends and she like arranged for this whole class at this man's house and we all went there and he taught us about safety and um, he showed us a couple of videos, what to do, what not to do. That's and good, um, he was he was really great. And um, so that's kind of how I got into shooting, shooting in the first place. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, honestly, I think I'd rather have that from like a family member than especially like you said like the world's so dangerous like i'd rather be like someone be like all right well we're gonna teach you how to protect yourself whether it be like firearms like i know you can also do different forms on like karate or Mm jujitsu or some sort of self-defense training but even then like being someone like five two Mm -hmm. like that's still that can still like people can still overpower you it's tough so having some sort of protection like that is definitely um it gives you a little more confidence to be out because the world is definitely a scary place. But um, yeah, today today was wild. I have, like I said, I've never experienced anything like it. I've only like shot like BB guns or pellet <laughs> guns. So I sound way undercertified to even talk about any of this stuff. But that was a good time. I think the first, the first gun I had or I shot was that Beretta. I don't know exactly what it was, but it was a nine millimeter, right? I think uh yeah i think yeah. it was that was wild because i was like all right like i was nervous i was like what am i am i gonna do something wrong like yeah. i knew i was like never like point it anywhere near anybody you yeah. know always point down range and always make sure you don't like i knew before um shooting like don't have your finger on the trigger until right. you're ready to shoot right and that was crazy, but I was honestly thinking that it was going to have a little more, like, kick to it when I shot it, so I was, like, really bracing myself there. I'm like, holy shit, this is it, and then it shot, and I was like, whoa. It's like the anticipation is way more intense than actually doing it. Yeah. I was the same way. Yeah. It's it's crazy, though, because it's like, I definitely needed this experience because before I move any um, into any other, like, areas of this stuff, like... I need to just experience the power of shooting a gun. You know what I mean? Like, it's like people are like, one of my buddies just got his LTC. And he was like, oh, you should take the class with me. And I was thinking about it. But then I was like, I've never shot a gun before, though. Like, I don't want to, like, get an LTC unless I know what I'm getting myself into. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's fair. Yeah. But after today, it definitely kind of pushed me into the direction of, like, I think more of like maybe when I like am living on my own a lot more then I'll definitely want it to like protect myself especially if I move into like a city or something Mm -hmm. you know you never know what's gonna happen but um how'd you think my aim was today you did really well yeah yeah you were knocking them down it wasn't I thought I was gonna be worse 
it's tough to aim down on the iron sights though it's, it, it really is. is and it um like i was saying today like you think that it's gonna be like in the movies where you just pick it up and you knock down all the targets and it's like down 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 bam 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 yeah, but like, like it's hard it's like have you ever seen have you seen any of the john wick movies no i haven't they're really good if um you're if you like that type of stuff like shooting action um it's like um i don't know if you know keanu reeves he's from like the major it's all it's him and he's like a hitman and he did he actually what he does for the movies to prepare is he does like tactical courses with guns where he actually trains for like weeks and does tactical courses running through like out in california or whatever doing all this stuff so what you're seeing on screen obviously he's not shooting real bullets but he's like still like doing like rolls and all his training that he's learning from this he's like shooting blanks on set so it's crazy like that's awesome yeah i thought it was gonna be worse shooting today but the thing is also that i didn't realize is every every sight is different for each gun right yeah they're all a little bit different yeah so um i like i said i shot that Beretta and then what were the other ones on the other table that we were shooting what were the other guns that we had there we had a a Glock 43 yeah we had a Glock 26 and we had a Sig Sauer P320 X5 yeah the Sig was uh that's a big gun it's a big gun it's a big gun and I thought it was gonna have more of a kick to it but it didn't yeah a lot of people there it's actually a really uh common misconception is that a lot of people think that a smaller gun is going to be easier yeah but actually a full-size gun is easier just because of um the size there's more um there's more of the gun for energy to go into but like yeah. when you have a smaller gun all the energy goes into your hands yeah. so the smaller ones actually have a lot more recoil yeah the sig it was um it just looked intimidating it they're, does they're like go over and try it and i was like uh okay and then i was just like right into it and it was intimidating but then it was like i feel like i had maybe a little more control with it compared to like the 43 was, was that right yeah and it's like it the was 43 a, was the 43 smallest was one. the smallest one and yeah. it was like i didn't do well with that one aiming wise i think my favorite was the 26 like i definitely did it was either the beretta or the 26 and i felt like i i was able to aim well with both of those and that was that was a lot of fun and it's yeah. also rewarding when you have those plates yeah it totally is you yeah. have you, you shoot you hear the ding like when um we were going and, and mike was like oh do we want to go to um you know the front range where they have all of the paper targets and I'm like oh, i really rather go to the plate range just yeah. because it's like when you knock them down it's like it is satisfying ping 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 yeah ping. yeah and it's nice when you get like a nice little, I only did it like a couple of times when you get a nice little groove, right? And you're like, ping, 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 yep, ping. Yep. Or if, even if you like miss and then you hit one and then you miss and you hit one. And it's like even just getting like a nice groove, It's there, there's definitely a rhythm to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that happens more often. You have to find, um, like Mike was saying, you have to kind of find your your stance. Like once you find your stance and your grip, yeah, it becomes more of a rhythm. Yeah, because like, I remember when I came over to that other table with um, the Glocks and the Sig, um, and you're like, "Did you like learn how to like grip over there?" And I was like, "I don't know. Like, I kind of just went off of instinct. No one really told me. I just kind of went off of instinct." It kind of looks like he just handed it to you and was like, "All right, go for it." Yeah, and I know. He didn't show you how to grip. He, I think, but I mean, it was safe. But he definitely was like, "Just go for it." Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, cool." You know, it's. He definitely gave me the right like pointers. Don't do this. Don't do this. But then he was just kind of like, all right, enough talking. Just figure it out. You got this. And I mean, like I've said, I've held 
BB guns and stuff before, but I mean, that kind of helps a little bit, but not for the recoil of what's about to go. But yeah. that was definitely helpful. You showing me how to grip the gun right. Thank you for that. But also, I was like looking over, and you guys, like, you had more of like a, like your stance was like you had both feet like same wide like wide like shoulder width you know mm-hmm. what i mean and i was i was more of like a i would feel like i'm more into like a receiver stance like wide receiver from football like not like so wide but like i had my left foot forward and right foot back I and saw i was that. more like doing that and i also didn't even know if i was aiming right and i was like whatever it's it's whatever but I just didn't want to embarrass myself out there. It's a lot when you're the first time you do it because you're like, all right, am I gripping right? Am I standing right? Am I lining up the sights right? It's a lot. Like all of those thoughts are going through your head when you're just trying to hit this target. Yeah. And I mean, also, I, you see like movies with people shooting guns and it's like, it's so loud. It's actually super loud out there. It is. And I was like, I thought I was like, all right, definitely need like stuff um earplugs or ear protection and eye protection but even with that like it's still super loud like the beretta was very loud it was loud it was very loud that caught me off guard did it really yeah it did i was not expecting that i was even like standing there and when i was shooting i think someone started shooting at the same time and um because it was just like that little private range but um even when I was shooting and someone else started shooting, I was like, holy crap, like that caught me off guard. Just someone like literally like six feet to my right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was wild. So um, you said you got your LTC when you were 21, right? Do you remember what you had to go through for that? Yeah. So I had to go through the uh, safety course, the one that my mom arranged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I had to do that. And then um, here in Massachusetts, it depends on what town you live in and mm-hmm. you're a police chief. So the process can really vary um, yeah. from town to town. And uh, where I live, I had to get three uh, character references. So I had to get three people who weren't uh, family to provide references of my character. And they had to uh, each write a letter to my police chief. And um, I had to fill out the application. And then um, I had to bring it all to the police station. And then uh, they called me back to go in where they take my picture, uh, do my fingerprints, and um, yeah, and then that was the process. And then I received my LTC in the mail a few weeks later. So during that process, was there any sort of like background check other than the character reference? They do a background check with your application. Yeah, with yes. the application. Yep. All right. Do you know what they look for in that? Just like they obviously, I'm pretty sure, I think one of the things is make sure like you're not like a felon right Right. criminal history yeah, criminal history um, mental health history i believe yeah i mean yeah. that makes sense right it's it's interesting though is like did you feel like it was a long enough process for you to get your license to carry or do you feel like it there should be more to it i thought it was a pretty thorough process just because i had to get those character references i took the safety course where they they taught me all about how to safely handle a firearm yeah um, you know, the background check and the application answered all the questions. I thought that it was um, a pretty thorough process. Mm-hmm. It's definitely more thorough than other parts of the country. Oh, yeah, there's definitely I don't know, honestly, what states, but there's I feel like there's definitely some states that are just like you can show up to a Dick Sporting Goods and just buy a gun. And yep. they're like, cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like some places you don't even have to show ID. You just. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Massachusetts definitely has their shit together, I would say. I mean, I don't know if their process of 
give handing out ltcs is perfect but there's definitely enough steps where they can probably stop people that shouldn't have guns from not having guns and do it in a safe manner you know what i mean right whereas like we said there's some places that are you know (laughs) right and and even where i live um I, I didn't have to, um, some places they make you interview with their police chief and, oh, really? and yeah, so, um, there's even more steps other places. I know in the town, I don't know about the town I live in now, but I know in Pepperell where I used to live, you had to like write a letter. I don't know if you have to meet with them. I, my friend just told me this, so I should know, but I don't because in one ear out the other, I'm sorry guy. Um, <laughs> but I, he had to do something like you said with the with the chief of police i think they make sure that they just know who owns guns in the town you know what i mean yeah which is smart you know like if you if you know you're getting a call to go to a house then you're like if if it's on their profile that they might be armed and it's like some sort of dispute that you need to go to it's definitely safer to be like all right we got to take precaution stuff i think um what's funny too is um when we talked about you know going to art school and stuff i feel like I'm in like two different worlds just because the it's art a... world is so it's very a liberal place and yeah it's, um it's just interesting that I'm here interviewing like we're talking about this about guns yeah <laughs> well that that's what I think was it's great about having you on the show too is like like you said you're a smaller woman and <laughs> you, but like you have there's two sides you're like I went to art school and this is my passion but also like i'm educated in another subject that like you said to me earlier before we were talking about you went to um whatever that other training class was or course was oh and i went to the range and like i i walk in and they kind of look at me like are you lost like (laughs) and you're like no i can i can hold my own don't worry about me but that's the thing is that's the best part about this podcast is it gives a good platform for people our age to hear this and maybe educate themselves a little better than, like I said, just read the narrative off of social media. Right. Totally. And I think when you hear about firearms, you hear a lot about, like you hear it a lot about firearms from, from men. Yeah. Not from like five, two blonde girls. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. This is one of the subjects that I wanted to talk about. So this is um, states that have stand your ground laws. And basically what a stand your ground law is, I don't know if you know about it. But I do. Yeah, you do know about it. So And duty to retreat. Yeah, duty to retreat and the castle doctrine. So the stand your ground law is no duty to retreat from the situation before resorting to deadly force, not limited to your home, place, work, etc. So basically that allows you to... If there is a threat, like you can just take them out. Right. Wherever they're in you your are. house. In your they're house. They're stealing your. Well, and that's in some cases if you're, they're stealing your property. Yeah, your your home place or at, of work. So even if you're at work and something and somebody was doing something, I'm pretty sure not not limited to your home. So you can anywhere. That's like Texas, like we were talking about before that terrible um, circumstance where someone got up in a church and started firing, but people were around him got up and. They took him out before yeah. he could do any more damage. Um, and then the castle doctrine is no duty to retreat before using deadly force if you are in your home or yard. So, and then the last one is duty to retreat. <laughs> duty to retreat from a threatening situation if you can do so complete safely. That one's such like, I don't know how I feel about the duty to retreat, honestly. It's, it's 
I, I don't know either because <laughs> if it's like if someone is in your home and you can run away, you have you're obligated to run away before using deadly force. But how do you know if you're able? You're not always like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get away. Yeah, you don't exactly. Know if you're going to get what, away. Like, so say say like you're by yourself, right? And you're in your house and you hear something. Someone breaks into your um house at night and you hear it and you're like oh shit like there's two six five men walking in my house right now like i'm not going to be able to take these guys out the only exit i have is this window i'm just going to peace out i would feel more scared doing that than if i had the ability where it's like oh well i have like legally own a gun and i can just get this and be like uh guys you guys don't want to come down this hallway because i will shoot both of you I'd rather have that. I'd rather be able to protect myself with some sort of, especially like think of having like a family and like kids. Like right. it's like, imagine if someone breaks into your house and it's just you, that's one thing. But then having like kids, you're going to want to protect your kids and it's going to take time to get out of bed and then run down the hall. And you get, don't have gather time to everyone. assess, oh, well, if I try to retreat, these are my odds of survival. Yeah, no. Then these are my odds of survival if I stay and I, it's like, wouldn't you rather just be able to protect and stand your ground? Right. So that's, I don't understand. I guess there's a lot of things going on in this country. Obviously this country isn't perfect, but at least have like a, a castle doctrine going on. I think this shows some of the states here, um, states that have passed the stand your ground laws, Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Florida, there's a long list. New Hampshire is close to us. Um, Maine, Mississippi, Montana, North Carolina, Oklahoma. I know I'm just reading off this list, guys. Sorry. Texas, Utah, South Dakota. That's crazy. I feel like everybody at least, I think every state, I know it's, um, I know it's like more of a, whether it's a statue or not, but every state should at least have that castle doctrine. I heard this creepy story actually. Um, this kind of has to do with breaking in, but this was also a Reddit post, so I don't know if it's like real or not, but it was kind of sketchy. So I read this thing and it was talking about how this guy got a knock on his door and, um, he opened the door to these two men or like this group of men in like yellow hazmat suits. And they're like, Hey, we are sent here by the state or by the town to like do cleaning on the house. Um, so if you guys want, we can come in and do like a free estimate of like sanitizing your house and stuff. And the guy was like, uh, this is weird. So he ended up like calling his neighbor and was like, Hey, like, did these guys come up to you? And there he was like, yeah, like I didn't let them in cause they seem super suspicious. So he was like, okay. So he was like, yeah, guys, sorry. Like, I'm not going to let you guys come in my house. This is kind of sketchy. And they're like, okay. So later that night he's like in bed and he said, apparently what it said was his room is like right underneath where the gate is to get into his backyard and he said he heard like something like wiggling the gate a lot and he was like what the hell's going on so he like looked outside and those like three men in like yellow hazmat suits someone that was trying to use a bolt cutter to cut the gate open oh to let God. two more into his backyard and then he screamed out the window and was like get the fuck out of here like what are you doing and they like realized him and they like jumped over the fence and took off but then he went downstairs to check out more stuff and like they had like a a crowbar like in his window like there's a crowbar stuck trying to pry open the window but it's like in that moment like 
you you wouldn't want something to defend yourself from right. like imagine those guys got in like they're running a scam probably to rob a bunch of people especially with covid going on but i definitely want something to protect myself oh, I mean, absolutely they have a crowbar i mean yeah. they've just broken my house they're probably gonna, gonna come in with some sort of weapons you know yeah, what i mean like, absolutely and like you don't you don't know how far they're willing to go to get what, what they saying. want if you're desperate enough to break into somebody's house, I think you're desperate enough to probably hurt someone really badly or maybe with intent kill, but you just never know. Right. And if like something like that ever happened to me, like I don't have a chance of fighting them off. Yeah. I wouldn't even have a chance. Like I don't, I don't train myself in any sort of fighting. Like, right. I'm kind of a pussy. People. So like, <laughs> it's like if three people are coming after me, like I might get that adrenaline from fight or flight, but I'm not going to be like, Oh, let's go. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. going to be like in my head and be like, well, had a nice run. We'll see what happens on the other side of this. I just have a question. Yeah. Did you have like, I know you said that the range wasn't what you thought it was going to be like. Oh what, yeah. What did you think it would be like and how, how was it different? So when I thought, so when we showed up, yes, I said that the range was completely different from what I thought it was going to be. And I thought, I didn't know, first of all, if we we're going to do an indoor range or an outdoor range, right? Okay. So obviously I was like, it's nice out. We're probably going to do an outdoor range though. So when we showed up, I wasn't surprised about that, but I was more surprised of like me being like, I've never shot a gun before. So it's like, am I going to have to like check in? Am I going to have to like write my name down somewhere? And are people going to have to like know what i'm what i'm doing mm -hmm. you know what i mean so i thought it was just going to be a more like supervision on the range than there was so that's why when i showed up i was like oh like we have this whole thing to ourselves. like yeah. this is crazy okay. which honestly i enjoyed it because it put a lot less pressure on doing that for the first time like shooting a gun like yeah. it was only you guys kind of watching it was also like i was the first one to like shoot and i was like great like, this is <laughs> awesome they're all watching me right now it's a big like moment and like everyone wants to like watch that moment i wouldn't say like i like i all right i didn't like black out but i'll definitely say like that first time i shot the gun like that first clip went by a lot faster than the other ones that i shot you know what i mean yeah. like i shot like aiming down and i was focused but i was also like i think there was just so much adrenaline going on at that time yeah. i was like this is wild that like you know what I mean? Yeah. That it gets it went by fast. And you don't know what you're doing, so you're kind of just going through the motion. But... Yeah. You're also, like, thinking, like, am I doing, like, is this the right way? Am I doing this right? Like, in the back of my head, the biggest thing is, like, I don't want to hurt anyone, and I don't want to hurt myself. That's the mentality to have. Yeah. That's, like, the exact attitude you should have going into a situation like that. People, dude, people think guns are toys, and they're not. They're not. They're really not. They're super powerful. And even one of the biggest things that I... I didn't even put into perspective was when Mike was talking about, say you fire and nothing happens and you have a dud. He said, it's always good to just, just put down the gun and just wait a couple of seconds, you know, take your time. Yeah. I'm really glad you talked about that because a lot of people, it's, it's not always like top of mind when you're teaching other people just because it doesn't happen very often, but yeah. it can happen. And a lot of people, when it does happen, they try to like fix it. Yeah. And that's... Or, like, they'll look down the barrel oh, and say, God. like, what's going on here? Uh, like, you've and seen... then the bull comes out and says hi. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I didn't even put that into perspective at all. I was like, wow, okay. Well, this is, um, obviously, I had respect for guns, but I was like, this is um, a lot more intense than I thought. Like, I didn't put that into perspective. And then he was talking about, yeah, like, you got to really be careful with duds because you can put them, like, 
put them away and then they might like launch later and like that's like that's terrifying you know what i mean but yeah he was honestly a great instructor for the first time and like like i said like yeah, he handed me the gun. I was like, go for it. But he also like gave me a lot of good pointers like before. Like I felt pretty safe. It was more of just like I kind of just needed to just do it. You he's know very I mean? knowledgeable. Just yes. all of his experience. And he was he's good. a great person to talk to. He, he is. He had a good um, got a nice good tour of the whole range too. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you noticed it, but towards the end when we were driving by the um, it was like the multi range and we, he was talking about. It was like a longer range and then it went down to like 10 yards and then down to seven. Mm-hmm. Um, it was towards the end. There was some girl that was, it, she probably looked like our age. And as he was talking, I was, I heard playing and I was like, okay. So I looked over and she was with her dad and literally she was like, boom, 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 like one and took down like six targets in a row. And I was like, damn. Those plates that in that range, they're far, yeah. too. Um, at the beginning when Mike was asking, do we want to do the plates in the front or do you want to go on to the plates in the back? I always say the plates in the back just because the smaller guns with the short barrels, it's it's hard to mm-hmm. shoot that far. So it, it does take a lot of skill. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. That was a great – that was a fun experience. I honestly, like I said, this helps me move forward Like, if I want to get an LTC now because I know – the power of it and i think i'm not telling people how they should live their lives but they i feel like before they really get into shooting or get into wanting to own guns they should definitely like go try to figure it out with some people who are knowledgeable on the subject like you're very knowledgeable about it and mike was and it was a great time and now i'm like i can do this you know what i mean but going into it with a mindset of like i gotta be really safe i gotta be with good people who are doing this and i should know and respect the power of a gun before i fully get involved into it is probably the way a lot of people should look at it at least in my perspective right and people are very willing to help you yeah even um you know we're lucky because we have people in our lives there to help us already but Mm -hmm. even if you don't have somebody like that if you just go to a range and ask for help or you do um, one-on-one like range time with an instructor they're like so willing to help you and teach you yeah and um that's how I learned how to grip properly actually I went to a range and I did one-on-one training with an instructor just to like know I was doing it correctly and to break my bad habits and there's just like so many resources out there at your disposal you just have to take advantage of them all right so I have a picture of what, if we were a bunch of idiots, what we would have looked like at the gun range today. Um, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so for you guys that are listening, it's a gift from the office when Andy, Dwight, and Michael are all on a, in a standoff. There's been a murder in Savannah. Yeah. Is that the one? Oh man. This show is so great. Is uh. That's the one with, what's her name? Angela is uh, Voodoo Mama Juju. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that name. That's so funny. And um, Aaron's like Naughty Nelly. Yeah. And um, Michael's like Caleb Crawdad or something. <laughs> Pam gets really into it because before this scene right here, like she's like standing there. Yeah, she's there. there with the gloves on. Yeah. I was going to try to pull up the YouTube clip, but I don't think we can play it out loud. Um, But it's so funny because right before they get into this scene, it's like Jim is talking and he's like, so Dwight 
came out and decided to tell everyone he was actually a secret double agent and then michael came out and said that he was a secret double agent or whatever and then he's like and uh you wouldn't believe this but then andy came and said he was also a double double agent (laughs) so now they're all in a standoff and then pam's sitting there and he's like he's like "Uh, i want to go home she's like get the keys out of my purse start the car i'm not going down for this (laughs) yeah what would you say is your favorite character from the office that's a really hard question i know there's a great there's a lot of good characters they're all so great Mm -hmm. i would have to say dwight really yeah i mean like i said i saw your was it for high school graduation cap you had a michael scott oh that was a college graduation you have no idea how high i can fly (laughs) his quotes are so funny but they're also super cringe yeah like it's oh how the turntables is that what he says yeah yeah it's instead of how the tables have turned oh how the turntables it's like what whoever wrote this (laughs) stuff is hilarious it's great but it's also like some of the stuff he says is super cringe like the second episode they do is like ethnicity day or whatever and you're like nowadays if they started that up like they would definitely be canceled like everyone would be like no you can't do that and when the guy's like my name is mr brown and he's like oh funny funny (laughs) joke and he's like no my name is mr brown (laughs) um so you said dwight was your favorite character if i had to go off of that i'm a gym guy i like jim jim's my favorite i actually one year so for halloween we were um in high school right around the time so i was still playing football and every friday we'd have to dress up in like a shirt and tie for football games and i decided i was like well we can't dress up because our coach wouldn't let us so i had art class that day and i would always walk into school kind of like the same as like jim halpert like same dress up and i ended up just cutting out three circles and taping them to myself and no one got the joke though and like yeah everyone's like what is up with you i was like i don't know three hole punch chase (laughs) i was like no one got the reference but now since it's been streaming on netflix for so long like people are definitely gonna know i feel like it's more popular than ever right now even though it's been around i love the costume when jim's like i'm dave it's just like a name tag (laughs) That episode, though, is it's actually the episode is really cute when um, he ends up coming at the end as Popeye. Yeah. With uh, Cece. Yeah. And Cece's super cute. That's so cute at the end because they're all they're all worried about um, traveling salesman is Danny. Oh, when he went on the dates with Pam. Yeah. And Jim's like, why didn't you call her back? It's kind of dorky. Yeah. 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 That made that whole scene makes me feel so super awkward because she's like super awkward and yeah. like slips out the back. And she's and like, like, okay, so like see you later or yeah. whatever she says when she's walking out. Yeah. Like I said, there's some moments in that show that just kind of get you to feel really weird. But it's like one of the best shows to like, if you're doing something, you can just throw it on the background. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many times, how many times have you watched it over? yeah like, like a lot exactly like you can just put it on and like even even watching it a million times you can still like oh i kind of invested into this even though i was just supposed to put this on as like background noise yeah like i used to put it on at school and like fall asleep and then i'd like stay up and i'm like why am i staying up and watching this episode again i know <laughs> yeah it's like definitely something i fall asleep to a lot yeah and it's like when there's nothing else you want to watch it's like oh, i'll just put on the office it's like a go-to actually i might switch my character from favorite character is jim creed 
Ooh. Creed might be my favorite character. That's a good answer. Now you're making me want to change my Creed. (laughs) Creed's one of the, like, if you ever just look up, like, his highlights, like, someone made, like, a YouTube clip of just all the stuff that he said, and it's so funny, like, when they talk about uh, Jim and Pam moving, and Creed's like, oh, like, I live down by the quarry. We should hang out sometimes and go throw some things down there. <laughs> it's like, what? What are you saying? Like, it's super weird. He's so funny, though. Like, um, I don't know if you ever saw one of the, like, they do these things where, I don't, I wouldn't call them Easter eggs, but um, there was one episode. I don't remember exactly when it was. And um, he came in because I think they were getting young interns or something. And he dyed his hair all black like jet black yeah and he's like i'm 30 yeah i'm 30 what are you talking about exactly but then in that like in that episode they talk about like michael was trying to do a um a meeting or something and he's like oh like the printer's out of ink i did not realize this like this until recently recently. yeah and like he stole like the ink it's like the printer for his hair Yeah. yeah it took me so long to pick up on that yeah that's crazy yeah who would you say your least favorite character from the show is? Oh, that's hard. I don't know. Like, who do you like when they like when they're talking or they're in episodes? You're just like, this is the worst. Like, I don't want to see this. <laughs> I would say, at least from my perspective, like everyone, probably everyone's be like, oh, Toby. I think Toby's hilarious. I but love Toby. <laughs> I like literally hate gabe with a passion what i don't know i don't like him i think he's super annoying he makes me feel super weird i like that my favorite episodes is when they shit on him and then <laughs> they talk about how he's like a stick character because he's get such... out skeleton man <laughs> yeah, yeah he's uh he's he's super cringe and he's such a brown nose um in the beginning and it's just i don't know i don't really like his character and people will always fight me about him they're like we love we love Gabe. One of my roommates two years ago tried to get in a fight with me saying that Jim was like the worst character on the show. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, like there's a bunch of like posts that you can look into that he was like cheating on Pam and that like he's actually like a scumbag and oh that God. like all this stuff. And he was like getting into it. And I was like, bro, Jim is like one of the best characters on the show. And if you didn't have him, like the show wouldn't be the same. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Well, there's that whole thing with oh, maybe my least favorite character would be Kathy. <laughs> She's the worst. Yeah. Um, when they're in Florida, and um, Kathy's like trying to get with Jim. Yeah. And then people are like, I think Kathy. I- I've seen it before. People are like, I think Jim actually did cheat with Kathy. Yeah. And it's like yeah. what? No. It's, no. That's so funny though. That episode is really good when he like gets Dwight to come get the bed bugs, and yeah. he's like, "There's bed bugs in here." I think that one, I don't know if it's that one, but that one starts when um, Dwight is waking up Aaron and then him and Aaron go and try to wake everybody up. And Jim was like, since I'm on baby time, because having a newborn, I'm up at like four in the morning. And then he sets up like a whole murder scene <laughs> Yeah. and they walk in and Dwight's like, what, what happened here? He's like, nobody touch anything. And, and then, then Jim falls out of the, the closet. Oh yeah. my God. So good. I love the cold open when um, Jim is he's like at the dentist or something, and then they get the actor, the Asian guy, to come in, and yeah. then and then Dwight's like Jim's not Asian, and then he's like hats off to you for not seeing race, and then like he shows them they the photo the and pictures. they like took a family picture. Yeah, that's really funny. That one, oh, his opening pranks. There's so many that I like are on the tip of my tongue, but I can't think of them. That one, I really like um, the opening. What is 
what is the um what is his character's name that he does for earth day that dwight does for oh earth day? uh recyclops. recyclops recyclops and he's like every year it gets different like yeah. he, he adds something more that's so funny that's so good um that the like the charisma between jim and dwight definitely helps make that show they just have such good character arcs going on in that show they're throughout. the best frenemies yeah that's what i'm saying it's like great. it i'm not gonna lie like the last like episode like makes me tear up a little bit when jim like does his whole bachelor party for dwight yeah, and then at the that. end he's like i don't he's like i don't think i can be your best man and then they get michael to come michael. in and it's like i honestly get like a little bit teary-eyed but i'm also super soft so it's so sweet though they do because because they have this like eternal struggle through the whole series but then they have these like really great moments yeah like when um dwight is in the stairwell i love that scene where he's in the stairwell and he's upset because of his breakup with angela mm-hmm. and um he hears andy hitting on her and yeah. that she finally agrees to date him and then he's down in the stairwell and jim goes down and like comforts him and he talks yeah. about um what he went through with pam and it's just like such a great scene and just every once in a while you have those scenes those where, like like, s- like heartfelt yeah yeah they, they do that um I don't know when it when it is, but there's one where Dwight shows up and Pam's upset, and he like gives her a hug. I don't know what it is, but he, it's like super sweet. And then he's like, "Are you PMSing?" And she's like, "This is the worst time you could say that." <laughs> and but he takes off his jacket. And he, he's like, "It's hot in here." Yeah. Um. There was another one too. I think when Pam became becomes the office administrator. And she gets upset and she's talking to Jim in the stairwell and she's like, I don't want to fail anymore. I know I failed like art school and I don't, I don't want to fail anymore. And like he, like they show you after like Mm -hmm. Dwight heard it. And then he gives, who the hell is that guy's name? Nate. Nate. I love Nate. (laughs) Nate's so funny. Nate, he gives Nate the book to like give to Pam so that she can stop him from doing it. it. There's definitely like, it's the perfect mix between comedy, but also like, serious and heartfelt you know what i mean right and i think that's why like dwight's one of my favorites because he he's just like this ridiculous character but he's also like really fascinating and he has a lot of depth (laughs) like when he has those like moments of compassion for pam or like when he's upset about angela and i'll say like i'll go back and watch the tv show like or go back and watch the series a lot but the ones that i can't watch are when when michael leaves I hate watching the ones with Will Ferrell. I do too. I don't. Just, I just. I, I feel like it's very forced. Like they really tried to force instead of getting intermittent. But it starts to get funny when they start searching for another manager, and they get Robert California, and he's probably on my list of like top five favorite people. He just makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I know he <laughs> to makes it, to. he makes me super uncomfortable too. But that scene is so funny. Me and my friends like. Well, first of all, like when he's in the interview and he's like talking to Toby, he looks at Toby. He's like, everything revolves around sex. And he looks at Toby and he's like, when was the last time you were with somebody or something like that? And he like just gets in his face about it. It's like super uncomfortable, but it's like hilarious. Like I find it like humorous when people get like awkward people like that uncomfortable. I'm also just a weird person in general, but. And I like how when they're interviewing him and he says that they're all just like, yes, yes you're right. Yeah, exactly. They don't even. Um, so do you remember the part when Andy calls and tells Robert California that he's going to go 
tell David Wallace that he can like buy the company and all that stuff. And yeah, all of a sudden, um, Andy gets the big client. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like kind of blackmailing him. And then he's like, you don't, he's like, you don't want to start this street fight. He's like, you don't even know who I am. You don't even know my real name. I'm the, the fucking, fucking lizard, lizard king. king. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> Like, where do you pull that out of? Like, it's so weird. It's so weird, too. In his in his last scene with, with him and David Wallace, when David Wallace actually buys the company back and he's leaving and he says his name is, like, Bob something. Um, and it... fuck. Bob Kazmuckus. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. like, comes out. He's, like, Bob Kazmuckus. Nice to meet you. And everyone's, like, what, what? the fuck? <laughs> uh. And, and um, David Wallace starts talking about... Um, he was like, Bob brought up this problem of uh, undereducated gymnasts. And yeah, he's going to go and mentor these girls Across the college. world, yeah. <laughs> so weird. So weird. What about the weird situation he puts like people in when he like gets Andy? He's like, Andy, come in here. He's like, you cannot hire my wife. Do oh not my hire my wife. And then she comes in and he goes, so you're going to offer her a job or what? And he's like, like, what the fuck? Like, you just told me not to offer the job to her. Like, he's he's just such... I think because with me and my friends, like, I like to play mind games with them sometimes, so I like to, like, fuck with them, and that's why I think I like that character so much, is because he's just such a mind games guy. Yeah, I love when um Andy's talking to his wife, and he's like, the dude is an enigma. <laughs> yeah, literally. <sighs> Crazy. Would you say, what is your favorite moment from the show? If you can think of one on the spot. I know I'm kind of just rapid-firing these oh, random hard. questions. But if you had to think about one right now that you really enjoy from the show? Mm, that's hard. Have to think about it. Like I said, I think I'm it's probably cliche, but that last that last like episode when Michael comes back cuz you haven't seen him for so long and yeah. he turns the corner and he's the be- he ends up being the best man. That one or like I said that like first episode when they get all the interviewees like to come in for the manager position and Robert California comes in and he like tells that guy, he's like, Oh, they're terrible up there. He's like, I wouldn't even try. This company is going down on the dirt. And he goes <laughs> up there and like, it's like Ray Romano and he's like eating food, like yeah. in the middle. He's like, they stop. He's like, why did I even listen to that guy? He's like, these guys are the nicest people I've, I've ever met. met. I love when he's like, yeah, um, everyone I worked with, they were all jerks. They were jerk offs, jerk wads, you know, between the wads and the offs. I, I just don't know. <laughs> I think I really like the episode when um, Michael is, um, I think it's when Michael's interviewing for the job in New York, and Dwight's going to be manager, and he makes Pam his, like, secret assistant regional manager, Mm -hmm. and I think that's when Pam is, like, starting to find her voice, and it's, like, kind of one of the first episodes, I think, where Pam is, like, kind of comes out of her shell, and I think it, like, made her feel good that Dwight chose chose her her. yeah Yeah. and i think it's just like a really sweet episode between the two of them and it's like a really good episode for their friendship one of the ones that i actually just thought of too one of the better episodes or moments was when jim puts up the idea for dwight to find an assistant to the assistant um, regional manager and he's like yeah and he's like i'm gonna trick him by the end of this day to become the assistant to the assistant regional manager and like he does everything and he's like no you can't do this like the what is it like the training course and like phyllis goes through holding like the cups of coffee and he's yeah. like no this is how you do it and he like goes through he's like ow, ow. But he's like the boss needs his coffee yeah. uh 
Okay, so one of the, one of the biggest things actually I was gonna say is that they're actually taking it off of Netflix in twenty twenty one. Does that upset you? It does, but at the same time, like I I spend so much like I've watched rewatched The Office like a million times, mm-hmm. and um, it'll force me to branch out finding yeah. something else well i mean it's still going to be on like i think nbc owns the rights to it so they're doing it on their streaming they're making services. their own streaming yeah. service like yeah. the peacock or whatever but i guess they were thinking about maybe like rebooting it how would you feel about that i don't know i wouldn't want to ruin a good thing yeah you know, a like lot of times these done. reboots are they're disappointing not great play, they'd be playing with fire for they sure. would be in today's time some of the stuff that they say on that show or just like yeah. hint at or like go towards like it's it would hurt a lot of people's feelings nowadays. it would a lot of people it'd get canceled so fast oh so fast and then people would be outraged it was actually i wouldn't be surprised if the awful the office created like a civil war in this country because there'd be people that are like we need to cancel that show and then there'd be people backing it from the day it came out like what are you talking about this is comedy following. yeah that's what i'm saying massive cult following like did you know i'm sure you if you're this into the office that you would like it originated in the uk yes yeah with i'm pretty sure it's like ricky gervais yep. was the main guy yep and then it just didn't they didn't think it was as funny or they didn't i don't think they had like, many viewings over there as many viewers and then they're just like screw it and they took it over here yeah one of the greatest i'd have to say one of the greatest like tv relationships is jim and pam ever like Obviously, this show romanticizes working in an office, and I haven't worked in an office, but from what I've learned, is like it's not that great. Yeah, when I when I first started working like full time, I thought that it would be like the office. I was you're like I'm very find a gym, and then yep. you're like this is absolutely terrible. I'm gonna get into all kinds of shenanigans, yeah, and like, then it's just it's nothing not, like, not that like that at all. But yeah. um, fun fact, I I won the office trivia when i did doing you? bar trivia yeah was first, it with the people that you did you go out like for a work thing for uh, for it no, or was it just no, with your friends it was it was just like uh it was kind of um random like a friend and i just went and we were just like going to eat and we did trivia and we were kind of just like doing it just for fun yeah. and i was like all right well we're probably gonna lose but i'm just gonna do this to have fun and then we ended up winning first place that's awesome i think i tried doing it um at the bar we had like one bar across the street from my college or we had a couple but there was one that everyone went to and i went there and tried to do office trivia but there's people some people know so much stuff that i don't know yeah like there was some stuff that i trained for like i knew like one of the questions was what was um what jesus i can't i'm so bad with names today but what's the guy's name when you say it it's gonna come up to me. He's bald and he comes in, and he's like Mike's best friend, but he's a salesman. But he always is like super dirty. Oh, um, Todd Packer. Packer, that's what it is. So one of the questions that came up during um, trivia was like, "What was his license plate? What did it say?" And like it was like it is like letters, but it's supposed to like say like "well hung." Yeah. And like that was one of the questions that I remember. And then also, um. I couldn't remember the acronym for Crime Aid. That's a hard one. Yeah. I don't know that either. That was like one of the things. And someone knew the entire thing. I was like, are you serious? I was like, whoa. I know. Some people know a lot. I I feel like it was was some luck. Some luck. luck. Yeah. I mean. Did you use your phone? I didn't use my phone. Did you cheat? I did not cheat. Don't lie. Did you? (laughs) No, I did not. And it was funny because afterwards... um, 
the guy came over and started asking if we used our phones. And you're like, no. 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 I just oh, yeah. like, what? And uh, I just was here to have fun. And... <laughs> I'm just here to win office trivia. That's about it. Um, I wasn't looking at my phone. No, trust me, there's plenty of people that use their phones like I did trivia at that bar and not even, not the office, but um, I don't know if you've ever seen the show Letterkenny, but I did uh, trivia on Letterkenny and I also did trivia on Rick and Morty and people are crazy and they'll like go in the bathroom if they don't know a question, look it up and come back out and they're like, oh, I know that question. It's like, it defeats the purpose. It's like get trivia. off your phone. Yeah. Yeah. My older brother actually is a funny story. So I visited him out in Seattle like a year ago um, and we were at a bar and he's like big into trivia and I think he does like trivia nights like every once in a while, like every week or something and he's big into it. And he's also like a person who doesn't like stand up and like he's pretty well put together. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not going to stand up and like yell at somebody, but we went to this bar and we did trivia. And so we were trying to do trivia and we were kind of losing, but like this dude who was, whoever was running it, like the host was saying questions. And I guess my brother's was, my brother is on like a trivia forum for like the trivia that he does. So they like all put in like questions and stuff. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, my brother just stands up. He's like, you stole this from this fucking forum. And like his, his wife, me and my sister all looked at him like, where did this come from? Like he literally stood up and like started chirping the dude hosting it. Oh my God. And we're like, whoa. And we're like, dude, simmer down. And he's like, no, dude, this guy's a hack. People take it very seriously. Oh yeah. No, trivia is like a a big deal. Except the thing is no, no, there's no bars. I know. Have you ever played Quiplash before? No. I mean, that's a story for another time, but it's basically like, it's not like trivia, but it's a, you can download it off like an Amazon Fire Stick or something and everyone has their phone and like it throws up questions like that kind of like lead to like dirtier questions but it's like it's like a question and then everyone types out an answer on their phone and then when the time's up their answers go up and everyone has to vote for what's like the best so it's kind of like apples to apples but like no one has like the original card you know i mean no one chooses everyone chooses and those can get uh interesting we would always play right before we went out to the bars and nobody was safe from that sometimes people would be um some weird things would pop up so but it's Yikes. definitely fun. Yeah, I would look into it. It's a fun game if you can get into it with your friends. But all right, Aaron, well, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast and giving some insights on what it's like to be knowledgeable about guns and shooting guns and being safe with them and also talking about The Office. It was, it was a great time talking to you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, Happy no to be here. All right, we'll see you guys later. There it is, folks. Episode four in the books. I'd like to thank our guest, Aaron Shepard, for joining us today. I had a great time recording, and the conversation went really well, especially with a topic such as firearms and guns. Don't forget, you can find us on Instagram by searching Cut to the Chase Podcast for more information and content on the episode. Also, don't be afraid to follow us. If you enjoy the show, follow or subscribe on whatever streaming platform you're listening to us on. And until next time, don't get canceled so you can enjoy another episode of Cut to the Chase. Bye, friends.